We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. In Atlanta with the hitting coach, Pete Fatsy. Bigger smile on your face today. Pete, you've taken this first month totally in stride, but uh, I think it's the obvious first question is why did it take Alex Cora so long to shave? I don't know. It looks listen. It looks good with the beard. It looks good without the beard. If the, if, it, if it means more runs without the beard, then he's just going to have to keep shaving it. <laughs> Seriously, I was walking down the steps of the airplane with Christian Vasquez and Rafi Devers, and they looked around and said, "Oh my God!" Feeling the warmth around them. It, did that translate? It, were your hitters looser last night because finally we're outside in the heat? And no doubt. I mean, I think that guys, you know, the, the better weather and the, the sunshine, it definitely helps. I think anytime you coming off an off day where guys get to spend a little bit time away from the ballpark with their families it helps too and we have a really good group so i think you know in general guys are just you know we're very loose we know when to turn it on but i think guys are just looking to to turn the page from that uh, that homestand pete you know you get the big promotion you're the head hitting coach for the boston red sox your childhood team you know how boston is how did you get through the first month with all the noise that surrounds the red sox yeah i mean obviously you know i'm well aware and the group obviously the group's well aware of what this what this team means to to the city, to the greater part of New England, obviously being from Massachusetts, you know, I, I grew up a Red Sox fan, so I, I, I know what it means. I think for me, I try and take it in stride in terms of processes and, and think about the things we can control and the things we can't. And for me, you never like to judge any one player or team or, or any performance in a small sample. Obviously, it's taken a little bit longer for us to get going than we like, but for me, it's all about where we want to be, you know, come October. And as long as we're continuing to take strides in the right direction, that's the most important thing. So at the end of the day, I just put that at the forefront and and work really hard for our group and for the fans. So I've really enjoyed getting to know you, Pete, and having a lot of conversations about your thoughts on hitting. Our fans have not heard much from you, so just briefly, could you tell them how you viewed the process of not just hitting but coaching hitting? Yeah, yeah. I think at the major league level, for me, you have 13 guys with 13 individual needs, 13 strengths and weaknesses, and uh, or strengths and opportunities, I should say. So for me, it's always about trying to get guys to know what they do well and then identify the things that areas of improvement and then we try and go after those on a daily basis. So obviously there's, there's different ways that we go about it, but I think it starts with really good dialogue and, and like basically that understanding of what guys do well. And, and then from there, we kind of try and you know, work through, um, I guess you could say, some of the areas of opportunity. So if it's a guy that can hit for potentially more contact or a guy that can improve their swing decisions or a guy that we, could, we think we can make it a little bit more slug out of them, then we kind of will work into those areas as the season progresses. But... Like I said, it's basically you know, we, we have anywhere you know, 12 to 13 individuals on our roster, and it's always about understanding their needs first. But from just a, a baseball you know, like processes, for me it's always about what you're swinging at. We talk about you know, obviously we have an aggressive group, and controlling the strike zone is very important. And then the second piece is it always starts with the fastball, being on time to hit the, the, the pitcher's fastball that night. I mean, it's no surprise. Velocity's gone up. Movement's gone up. So having an understanding of what, he's gonna, what the fastball looks like what it means to be on time for the fastball, and that's where basically all our hitting conversations start. I hope you're okay if I borrow that with my wife. It's not my weaknesses, it's my opportunities. <laughs> yeah. Now, you talk about the aggressive approach of this club, and actually that's a good part of their DNA because they do hunt pitches to do damage with, and historically they've all done that. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's a coincidence last night that you walk 
several times and really a, from the jump a patient approach and that trickles down but that can be hard don't you think i mean to preach to guys that sometimes more calmness is yeah. the way out of this thing yeah. for me it's not necessarily passiveness right it's controlled aggressiveness so when when your game plan is really clicking or, or you know if some if you're seeing the ball really well and you're looking for a one pitch one spot I think you're more apt to keep balls in an area. So you're going to swing at more pitches in that area just given where the target lines are. But when you start to follow the pitcher around, work east, west, north, and south, and try and cover multiple locations with speed, that's when aggressiveness can hurt you. So it's really about being aggressive to a spot because you're going to swing in that spot more frequently. So you just want to make sure that your plan's lined up with whatever that guy's featuring that night. Rafi Devers likes to swing in all kinds of different spots, and he does damage in all kinds of different spots. That was a beautiful sight last night to to see the ball go out for that big grand slam. He's such a different guy. You talk about the 13 approaches, but he is kind of a freak in his own way. How do you handle Rafi? I mean, for the most part, it's... You know, we get him prepared, but uh, underneath. But he's such a natural-born talent. I mean, the things he's able to do. You know, he's he's got so much strength, got awesome uh, bat-to-ball ability. I mean, you saw him at home. You know, taking the Keiko slider to center field with two strikes, and you see him back up a heater to right center field for a homer. He does something every night where you just. I mean, he's an elite talent, right? So he's got the ability to do both. And I think for him, it's same thing. It's no different. It's it's honing in on the areas, honing on what he wants to hit. He's Rafi's always on a heater. But, you know, he's just a special guy. We just we pretty much provide the support around him and let him go to work and, and watch it. It's fun. How about the guy to his left who it seems like he rolls out of bed and gets three hits? And, you know, it's sort of the story of Xander's career in a way where he is one of the very elite offensive players in the game. And yet somehow, even on his own team, it can go under the radar because maybe it's not as loud and as dramatic as what other guys do. But what is it that makes Xander so good? I mean, number one, he's an amazing teammate. He's an amazing guy to have in your clubhouse. He's a really awesome person, awesome leader. Those things being what they are, I think Bogey possesses one of the rare tools in baseball where he has the ability to do damage, hit balls out of the ballpark, hit doubles, drive the baseball around the field. But he also has the ability to take what the game presents itself. We joke around calling backside Bogey for a reason. But, you know, you see that four-hole open up in the shift. He's well aware of it, and he's, he's willing to, to take his shots in that direction. He has the ability to do that. So when you have those, those clubs in your bag, it makes you very versatile. I mean, obviously, we had you know, some tough conditions at Fenway where the ball wasn't going anywhere in the air, and he sticks his nose on, three, on a couple balls the other way and gets some hits. And it just helps us as an offense continue to move the line. But for him, it's a way to kind of work through or continue to have production even when, you know, like I said, the conditions may not be right or there's a tough guy on the mound. He just he can take what the game gives him, and it's really impressive to see. In some ways, J.D. Martinez is his own hitting coach. I mean, the guy never stops. He's always looking at video. He's always tinkering. You said to me something in spring training that really stuck, and that is when he tries something, if it doesn't work, he just moves on. He's not married to anything. I mean, your your role is to coach these guys, but J.D., as we've said, kind of has his own thing going. How do you balance those two? Yeah, I would say the first part, it's taken me, you know, I've been with him since 2020, and it's taken me time to learn him and how he thinks and how he you know how he reviews and it's it's definitely not something that everybody can do it takes a lot of objectivity you have to look at for him he looks he takes the result aside and again will just objectively look at what's going on with his swing with his approach which is remarkable so i would say it took me some time to understand how he works but you know we're at a point now where you know i can see certain things or i, I see uh, maybe movies making in the cage or during the game and i have a decent understanding of what he's trying to do so now it's more about me kind of being proactive and trying to you know maybe help guide his feels in that sense or what he's trying to accomplish 
like I said, we've been together for so long now, I have a little bit more of a focus in terms of what he's trying to do day in and day out. With Rafi and Xander and JD lined up, the leadoff spot on this team is so important. And thus far, Kike just has not been himself. And in particular, a lot of these pop-ups on the infield, can you diagnose what is going on there? And is Kike close to figuring this thing out? Yeah, I mean, I, I think Kike, again, first and foremost, he's one of our hardest workers, right? He's, I mean, I was just with him in the cage a moment ago watching his routine. He's well, and obviously we're, you know, we're obviously well aware of the, the high pop-ups, the increased launch angle on pitches over the middle of the plate. Like, we see all that stuff. I think for him, it's a, it's, he's such an athlete. Uh, he's got a lot of uh, a range of motion with how he moves in general. That he's a guy where the hips are really active. And anytime the hips are really active, sometimes that leads to a flatter path. So for us, it's just it's kind of managing the lower half right now. And, and then as he, as he kind of builds the lower half underneath him, just continue to work swing plane and direction. He knows the strike zone. He knows what he wants to hit. He, he's one of the best game planners we have. He's well aware of what the, uh, the opposing team's trying to do to him. It's just trying to balance uh, some of those moves he makes in the box right now. And lastly, in, from a hitter's perspective, Trevor's story felt like maybe that line drive to left field was a turning point for him last night. We've seen signs of it. I mean, I think that if the bullpen doesn't do what the bullpen did a couple of times, the double in Toronto, the, the big hits in the homestand, maybe people are thinking a little bit differently about some games that maybe Trevor's story wins for your team. But what's the overall picture of Trevor? New team, new environment. We know he's got a lot going on, but uh, what's Trevor's story got right now? Yeah, I mean, again, Trevor's, I mean, we, and I feel like I keep saying this because we have a lot of guys like this, but Trevor's really, uh, he's an astute learner. He takes a lot of pride in his process. He's very professional. So he's obviously working on his craft day in and day out. I think the line drive last night was great on the heater. Just it shows, you know, he's been working really hard on staying above the ball, putting himself in a, in a better position keeping it maintaining some posture so he can he, you know he's not missing underneath as much and i thought that was really it was really nice anytime you're able to line up a fastball to the pull side that tells you something about the swing path but in general with him it's he's an he's an elite athlete and i think elite athletes um as i've mentioned before to people they have a tendency they have a way of figuring things out quickly right so for me it's just he got off to a little bit of a slow start some of that was the delayed you know entry with spring training and when he signed and you know some of the things that went on early in his season but I do think he's catching a flow now, and he's catching a rhythm, and, and uh, I do expect a lot of big things from him coming up here soon. Pete, we really appreciate the time. I know our fans enjoy hearing from you, and just make sure Alex Cora's got the razor going in the clubhouse. No doubt. No doubt. Thank you very much. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.